It's the She's Cracked podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the She's Cracked podcast. I will be talking about some principles of honesty, lying, uh, the show The Good Place, which is now on Netflix. I believe it was originally on NBC, and how these two topics collided into a rabbit hole of moral philosophy arguments. So if you guys have seen The Good Place, uh, Ted Danson plays an architect of one particular neighborhood in the afterlife. And if you don't love Ted Danson and you don't have a crush on him from Cheers, you are totally lying. Also, Kristen Bell plays Eleanor, but she is, you know, the wrong Eleanor because on Earth she was actually a horrible person. She was supposed to go to the bad place. Her soulmate in The Good Place is played by William Jackson Harper, and he is an absolutely brilliant, totally neurotic, uh, deceased professor of ethics and moral philosophy. So to do the cliff notes on basic philosophy relevant to this topic, Descartes is essentially all classical dualism, mind, soul, one and the same. Physical bodies do exist, whether or not they exist separately. He also had a scientific motivation for there being matter and separate bodies so that he could study physics. George Berkeley was one of the earlier critics of Descartes. Uh, he believed we're minds full of our own realities and ideas. We're not made of matter. He was purely the metaphysics, idealism school of thought. And then Plato, if you recall, also believed our ideas are more real than external or physical objects. So Immanuel Kant comes into this picture with the concept of civil contracts, civic duty, ethics, morality. We have a duty to those around us, which also means obviously our inner mind must accept that those around us do exist, that we have a duty to do what is right. Of course, Socrates liked to just argue with everyone to prove at some finite endpoint a person would eventually be wrong and that they don't in fact know anything. So I'm sure you guys have all seen that meme, uh, <laughs> classical art memes with Socrates. It's meant to be like the Jon Snow meme, but it's a, a bust of Socrates and it says, I know nothing. So for Immanuel Kant, uh, this is, I'm paraphrasing from the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy. So for Immanuel Kant, the categorical imperative is an objective, rationally necessary, unconditional principle that we must follow despite any natural desires or inclinations we may have to the contrary. So this means there's just a set of right and wrong things that you have to do that are just rational, whether you like it or not. This really led to everything we know of concepts of morality, ethics, and that basis of right and wrong. So there's obviously a lot more people in history who contributed to this discussion if you want to you know, learn more about any of these arguments, you can always check out one of my favorite sites for the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, which is at plato.stanford.edu. I've saved a lot of these texts from my undergrad time at Berkeley, but it's, it's an absolute treasure and joy that all this is available online. So definitely check it out. It's all free. You can search whatever you want um, in this encyclopedia. It's amazing. So throughout this first season of The Good Place, Harper takes Kristen Bell under his wing to teach her how to be good since she's here by mistake and she was an absolute nightmare on earth. She and Harper know the whole time that she's there by mistake, but they're kind of playing around everybody else who thinks like she's this amazing person who did all these good Samaritan things during her life, which she didn't. 
There's a bunch of ridiculous situations they're thrown into. All, all these characters have to make a choice for the better good. Harper will chime in with the relevant philosophic concept, but of course, due to his neurotic tendencies that plagued him on Earth, he'll usually undo whatever that argument is with his own counter-argument by an opposing philosopher. So part of the comedy of all that is him just arguing with himself, but Kant comes up over and over again with these situations of greater good and that civic duty. The show itself is totally playful, totally absurd, but I was surprised how entertaining it was. So if you kind of like these hidden philosophy Easter eggs, you will definitely have some good laughs and it's on Netflix. You can check it out. So with Kristen Bell, one of her biggest issues uh, during her time on Earth was being a liar and just generally garbage so that she could get what she wanted. Um, even when she's not flat out lying, she avoids copying to her mistake assignment to the good place as long as possible. And she did kind of the same thing while she was on Earth. We do find out she has a pretty sad backstory, but this notion of honesty and civic duty versus the ideas and idealism has always intrigued me. So it was just so perfect that it came up in the show. I didn't even want to watch the show initially. I thought it looked super corny, but I had fallen asleep to every last episode of Shameless. So I was like, why not? Let's try it. It's the She's Cracked podcast. I started watching this show around the same time. Um, earlier this month, actually, I took a very non-scientific poll of my Facebook friends. The people who actually voted, there was a couple dozen really, really thoughtful comments and discussion points, and then there was, you know, people replying to each other. Um, there are no controls, no scientific methods, so this is a purely discussion poll. But my poll question, I asked, do you consider a mission to be the same or as bad as lying, and then why and how? So 74% voted yes, that dodging the truth is the same as lying, whereas 26% voted no, it's not lying. And initially I threw this poll out there, I just wanted to see if my kind of personal internal guide was too rigid, but a lot of people made some really good points along the way. A few people said it just depends on the context, if it's anyone else's business, where uh, other people decided if you're admitting something on purpose, it's basically the same thing as lying. And then a couple other people chimed in, uh, being the lawyers and financial advisors that they are, definitely feel that omission is lying because of actual fraud in their line of work. So, uh, so me personally, I don't believe it's 100% possible to tell the truth 100% of the time. You know, a lot of us will strive to be pretty close. I, you know, who hasn't tried to jam a parking meter or still parked somewhere when it said meter fail, you know, you're still good for your two hours, but it's not like you paid that 50 cents. I know that's not just me. I, I know plenty of other people have done this. So I've also returned money. You know, I've, I've spoken up when I'm undercharged for something. So there's these little, you know, that concept of the white lies that just gets us through our day sometimes. But intentional lying and deceit can commit two major sort of moral problems, you know, in the way I think of this. Uh, the first being that you, whether you are omitting information or you're, you know, flat out lying, you're altering an outcome in your favor by being dishonest. And number two, you have then removed the recipient's power and autonomy to take that information and choose for themselves how they want to 
react or feel or process it or make a decision accordingly uh, that will help them so that you would have, you know, a mutual win situation. So you kind of eliminate their contribution or their choice about that outcome. Now, altering an outcome in your favor through dishonesty, it could be as simple as just contesting a late fee. You know, we lost a parking ticket or something. We lost a, a movie at Blockbuster and brought it back late, whatever. You know, that was probably a hundred years ago. Uh, most of us probably honestly don't care how a court clerk feels about the outcome of us skipping out on a late fee. You know, people miss emails, quote unquote, miss an email, forget to reply to something. You know, like everyone has their little tactics to just get through the day and not make things more difficult. So, you know, altering an outcome in your favor could also mean lying or admitting information to avoid seeing kind of the outcome of your choices or the consequences of your choices, which that at its core is really protecting you from feeling bad that you hurt someone else. It's not actually not hurting someone else. It's protecting you from feeling, you know, the reality of your choice. It, it makes it so you don't have to face their hurt. So protecting yourself from feeling bad is, is essentially protecting yourself from doubt because you'd be doubting your choice. I mean, if you're you know, a sane and compassionate person, you obviously would not be glad you made a choice that hurt someone. So protecting yourself from feeling bad does protect you from doubting your choice. And if you start to doubt every single choice you make, it can be downright paralyzing. You know, we all have to get through the day. Thank you to Dr. Deuce for this background audio. Someone's been having way too much fun sequencing tracks, so much appreciated. Also, I am enjoying this really lovely Viognier. Am I even saying that right? I still, to this day, I can't say it. It's this lovely white wine from Calaveras County in the style, obviously, of somewhere not in California, but it's amazing from our wine trip last weekend. So let's get back to it, right? The first thing, you know, altering the outcome in your favor is so common that it's it's practically status quo. And I think a lot of people don't even realize that, that we're doing it. For a lot of people, this might just also simplify things because, you know, the, the recipient of that information either has some stubborn determination, ill will, or is a generally difficult person. So there's more complex situations where it's actually better not to just overload with information that is, is going to make a situation much harder to get through. For me personally, it's the second concept that hurts the most because I think we all can relate that not having agency or a say in the outcome or having all the information to make a decision, you know, especially if it if that decision would affect our well-being, um, and especially for people who generally are in a process of healing or rebuilding or personal growth, you know, being lied to is incredibly hurtful. So for people who are already on kind of a difficult journey, this can kind of shake a foundation that they're trying to build. But you have to acknowledge, you know, you're going to go day to day. People are going to lie here and there. Like you, you can't absorb all of that. But it is, you know, a reality that exists out there and there are people outside of us who are affected by our choices. So 
for people on that more difficult path, that second concept of removing your agency and your and your decisions about your well being, like it definitely contributes to feeling invisible and unworthy. So I I do believe that we are all worthy of truth. Some people need a lot more of it, and you know some people truth is maybe gonna hurt, but you know I think kind of getting it out there you're it's gonna hurt the first time but it's it's not like being hurt and then hurt again because you find out it wasn't true or that you're being lied to i believe it was jk rowling who said something along the lines of the difference between truth and lies is courage and cowardice so in an ideal transaction we have the courage to communicate with each other and if we don't have that courage why not what else is underneath there Even if the outcome is not going to be pleasant, either in delivering the information or receiving the information, uh, people who respect each other also typically will not feel at ease when being deceptive, except for sociopath. Uh, So we do not always intend for an unpleasant outcome, and this is where we also have to learn to detach our personal assumptions and baggage from our receiving of information. We do have to understand each other's perspectives. We all have different needs hierarchies. Everyone is operating at their best. You know, like I said on the last podcast, sometimes that best sucks, but we're all operating the best we can at that moment inside of our own set of realities and needs. And it might not meet someone else's needs, but, you know, it doesn't have to. And I don't mean to say that we should hold our choices hostage because another person might not like the outcome. But I do mean if the choice is important enough to make, it must it must be important enough to, to defend it openly. And that is cognitive accord, that is integrity, you know, that is as I say, as I do. So if you couldn't paste it on a 50-foot billboard in front of your loved ones and your family and your grandma, is it the right choice to make? And we can leave all of our mind-in-the-gutter choices off the billboard. We don't need to share all that stuff. Um <laughs> But we must also accept that there is kind of a range of outcomes that we'll face when that information's out there. And for whoever's receiving that information, we have to accept a range of, you know, inputs that require that person to make that decision. I do believe it is possible, it's more powerful and lasting to alter an outcome in your favor through honesty rather than dishonesty. If your realities, goals, needs are compatible. They don't have to be identical, but if they can coexist, an outcome that is in your favor won't actually harm other people. If your reality's goals, needs are not really compatible, that cycle will just continue to devolve. Furthermore, honesty is the only lasting choice because there's no underlying alternate idea or fact that can come up later because you've already put it out there. It just is what it is. And the recipient deserves to know what it is and then choose their outcome accordingly. So that's kind of my stance on the the philosophy argument and that civic duty and the, the ethics involved in it. So, you know, with nearly 8 billion people on the planet, it, it's highly unlikely we are going to understand every single person out there or have the same needs or wants or same outcomes, but we don't have to hurt others and we also don't have to receive hurt in the information that we get from other people 
But something I think is super interesting to think about, do you stop and think about how a choice you are making impacts other people? Do you stop and think how you're interpreting another person's choice? Definitely chime in. Let me know what you think. Comment. uh, I don't know. Repost and share. Subscribe and let me know what you think. You can still vote in this poll. It doesn't actually exist anymore. Facebook closed it. But I definitely want to know what people think. And I think this discussion is super interesting. And it's never going to end. I mean, you could talk about this forever. Thanks for tuning in and check you next time. It's the She's Cracked podcast.